You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Welcome to episode 43 of In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and its community. Wherever you are and whenever you're listening, we thank you as always for making us a part of your Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. And my name is David. And today we're happy to have Jordan Kallenberg returning to us here to In Orbit. Say hi, Jordan. Hey, guys. So make sure that you guys are also checking out the other podcasts available here on the Mash Those Buttons Network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. Make sure to get involved with In Orbit by sending us questions at inorbitpodcast at gmail.com. And also make sure to subscribe, rate, and comment us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Overcast for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, and Pocket Cast. If you're an RSS person, our RSS feed is available on www.mashshowsbuttons.com slash in-orbit. On today's show, Bungie streams a raid. The community is up in arms in Bungie's forums about matchmaking. The streamers and content creators seem to have been moving away from the game. And more casual players are stuck in a game that has a diminished community. Before we get into that, David, how has your week been? Uh, well, uh, it's been good, but I can't <laughs> say it's been filled with a whole lot of destiny, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I've jumped in, done some of my normal weekly stuff, but um, I've had stuff to do working on some runes in my house. At the same time, it's just, I mean, we're going to talk about it, but the draw isn't there right now. So, you know, good, but not too much destiny in there. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jordan? Um, I've been playing some Destiny, but I'm starting to feel the burnout, and uh, I'm probably going to be moving on to Division since I heard that's getting better or got better, and maybe get some Battlefield One going on. Um, yeah, and I think the community is starting to do the same as well. I'm feeling that it's uh, diminishing, so yeah, just got to keep it fresh. Yeah, I, I'm in a few few days. I almost said a few weeks. A few days. I'm gonna get uh, is it Titanfall two? That's coming in through the mail for me, and probably for Black Friday, I might be picking up Infinite Warfare, just because I am actually interested in that campaign. Not so much the multiplayer. I've never been a huge Call of Duty multiplayer guy. I'm more in it for the campaign, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. Uh, with regards to Destiny, I kind of I haven't really played that much. I mean, on Friday, you and I played Trials, David. We did, and yep. that went all right. Um, didn't go flawless, 
<sighs> but yeah. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and jump into it. Enough of our sad story. Let's talk about the Bungie ride along this week, the Wrath of the Machine. Uh, Bungie went ahead and streamed the raid, and they finished it fairly quickly. Um, there wasn't much to really talk about with regards to the raid, which was kind of disappointing. I thought they would have gone into deeper lore about the raid, but it was mostly design, which isn't a terrible thing, but at a certain point, it's kind of nice to know why you're doing things in the game. Um, it was during the original ride-along for King's Fall that we learned about the different rooms, what they were all about, and there wasn't too much of it here. I, I guess it's because of how quickly things were going how quickly things were moving along. Uh, the coolest thing was that originally during the Siege Engine uh, encounter, or whatever you want to call that, there was originally supposed to be a captain, possibly Meeksis, who was going to have a guitar, kind of like Mad Max, when it's just like riding down towards you and the, and the captain's just like playing guitar and like going all crazy and probably pyro, like going up on the corners and stuff. They eventually took that out. That's pretty much the most interesting thing that was in that ride-along. Other than that, it was pretty straightforward. It was... There wasn't much to it. Um, but they were talking about how future ride-alongs would be talking about Plague Lands, Archon's Forge, and possibly the Rise of Iron campaign. Yeah, I mean, th th these ride-alongs always kind of have the same feel to be honest um, we watch them they're they're pretty interesting and then we're like well could have been a little better could have had some more entertainment value and they're probably just going to stay that way um i'm pretty interesting to hear your thoughts about archon's forge though in the future just because i want to know if it turned out how they wanted it to turn out because it, it is a pretty appealing activity it was when i was grinding a lot and it's still pretty fun to just go in there for hour or so and just kill tons of fallen over and over and over again there's something about it that's just entertaining so that one will be interesting i think i love Archon sports personally um you know obviously the community's been talking a lot about matchmaking in the crucible but it's surprising how great of a time i can have solo in archon's forge it's i find it very easy to matchmake you know, you do your little crawl through the tunnel up to the platform. And I almost always get match made into a group of two or three other players. And it's a great time. I can spend 30, 45 minutes, hour in there, no problem. Yeah, that's what happens to me every so often. Uh, when I'm on patrol, I'll just end up in Archon's Forge and end up blowing an hour and a half in there. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> well, that's good. That's uh, like when this came out, we were like, oh, is this going to be another... Court of Oryx fail, but it wasn't. It was good. So, yeah, positive in Destiny right now, guys. Archon's Forge was a success. For oh, the yeah. most part. I, I, the one thing that is kind of annoying, and maybe this is just me, I, that, that, that one part where you, the quote-unquote boss comes up, you can easily just, like, mash them before they even have a chance of, like, actually attacking you. So... I don't know if there's a fix for that just because of the way the room is designed, but it just seemed like it, it, it took away, it made it a lot easier, especially on like the, the greens and the blues 
Purples, obviously, it's going to be a little bit different. But if it's like the dregs, I mean, you just jump in, you bash them real quick, and you just keep swiping at them until they're dead. And yeah. with the axes, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, when if when it's the perfected servitor or the perfected captain, you can't do that because they'll just be like, "What the hell are you doing?" Slap you. Yep. Yeah. So I, 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 I just think that. The room, the the, the 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 whole Archon's Forge encounter was really really cool, and it touches on a lot of the same nerves I had with uh, Horde mode from Gears of War. So that's really really appealing to me. That's why I think Archon's Forge is more of a success than um, Court of Orcs. I I just miss the bosses. That's mm-hmm. the one thing I kind of miss, like an actual boss that's there that you have to like actually fight i think some sort of actual boss would have been cool in archon's forge because a lot of the the only time you actually get what feels like an actual boss is on the perfected so. well they're actually sort of bullet sponges though um i agree yes. that they're, yes, they are. they're you actually you have to put work into them but they're just bullet sponges the only thing interesting about the fused and the enhanced levels is when you have a group together that's just blasting through each round and you basically end up racing to the boss to see who can kill him first and it's just like mm-hmm. everyone's like boom you know it's like one big hit and it's like go and we're done mm-hmm. sort of and that, that gets to be fun but it's more like you know novelty than anything else <laughs> the one change i would have brought into archon's forge and I think it's pretty interesting that we're actually talking about this in general in this in this dry spout. We're like, oh, this is actually what we find fun, which is good. But um, the one thing I would have brought to Archon's Forge if I was designing it is I would have made it so it's less like, oh, you have this one um, SIVA offering, you put it in, you do like a short little thing. I would have done it more like a wave type thing where it's like you get a SIVA offering, which is a a slightly rarer drop but not super rare um you put it in and now it's like zombies so like you start out really easy uh wave one really easy wave two pretty easy wave three getting a little harder and you go on and on and on and by the time you hit like raid like or wave like 15 that's when you've got those like big bosses coming in every single round hit raid hit wave uh 20 or 25 and you get bosses with mechanics coming in that would have been awesome i think i i think it's not to say that it's going to happen but if they were to make any change to that it'd be an easy change just because of the way the room works you just set a specific amount of enemies to come out from from the room and once they're once they're wiped out wave complete then another set of wave comes in so like that's a change i think is easily manageable on that specific um room compared to court of orcs where it's kind of fixed um you could definitely make the change but it just seems a little different i don't know but i hope that they introduce an update to archon's forge because it, it by far is one of the most fun things in destiny and it's a it's a small thing that really that really stuck out and really shined and i think in this expansion yeah, yeah, I agree. It'd be, it, it, it should be easy to update that. You could do something like add a different type or level of offering and mm-hmm. do something like David described. That would actually be awesome. It would 
definitely prolong the life because you'd be sitting in there just testing yourself. How many waves could I get for type of thing? You know, that'd, right. be, that'd be neat. I mean, for me, like I, I kept talking about it before, but when I played Gears of War, I went, I blew through the storyline, and then I literally spent the rest of my time in horde mode, and I didn't care. I was like, "Yo, let's go do some PvP. Y'all go do some PvP. I'm gonna go over here and blow up stuff in horde mode." And that's what I did. Like I just kept. I was, I was kind of Joker from Batman. Uh, what is it, Dark Knight? And it's like, I'm cheap. All I need is ammo and explosives. And I just kept sticking explosives all over the place. Just watching people get blown up. That was fun to me. So, like, a lot of the same feeling I get in Archon's Forge, where I'm just blowing stuff up, throwing grenades, watching things explode. It's it's really, really cool. It's fun to me. And it's simple. And I, and I think that in an April update, if they introduce waves into... Archon's Forge, some sort of offering that you can do for waves or some sort of, I don't know, just something additional that'd be very, very cool. And it's a small escape. I am just assuming it wouldn't take as many resources to do something like that compared to, say, for example, a full-blown raid. So that, that that's just my hope in the future that they update Archon's Forge to include waves because it's really, really cool. And I think it would add a lot of fun to the game that right now it's kind of struggling, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. So let's just go ahead and jump into the next topic. Let's talk about Crucible. More specifically, what's become a matchmaking fiasco. So everybody's been talking about skill-based matchmaking and connection-based matchmaking. What's the pros and cons of each? And I'm sure everybody who's listening to the show has heard different schools of thought. Basically, this is Bungie. It's first connection, minimize the time that you're in orbit, and then at the end, if those two things don't take uh, have taken place, then we'll worry about skill. Yes. It's always in that order. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I just yeah, I coughed. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> so this is Bungie's exact wording. This is how we go about finding you in a match. First, we identify a pool of available players with good connection to you. Within that pool, we choose players closely matched to your personal skill rating. If we can't find players within that pool, we widen the variance in skill. If that doesn't work, we expand the search engine again with more variance in connection quality. Once enough players are selected, then we break them out into equally skilled teams. Yes. So, skill is not a factor in Trials of Osiris. You are matched up against players with good connections and similar scorecards. Now, <laughs> that that was kind of, that that last line right there. Me and David kind of laughed at it because this weekend we did a card in trial, for Trials of Osiris on Friday. And we ran into the same group back to back. Which makes no it, it, sense. It, it didn't make any sense at all. And, and I'm not sure if it's a product of a diminished community on Destiny, but it just seemed very, very weird that we've, like, we just beat that group and then we were matched back into the group. I mean, it was nice to get an easy win, but that's beside the point. Um, 
damn that's just that, okay no, okay just... hold on hold on in all fairness <laughs> to that team the first time we played them it went 5-4 we won so they were a good match the first time just just the second time we knew how to beat them so we kind of train wrecked them mm-hmm. <laughs> it was actually 5-3 it wasn't 5-4 but anyway I thought, i'm pretty sure it was 5-4 no it was 5 yeah, we're just gonna say it was 5-4 um, just to be nice to them oh, okay so it was 5-4. Anyway, um, it, it just seems weird some of the ways that they're talking about the connection. Um, and what they're saying kind of doesn't make sense all, all the time. And it just, it seems like there's solutions for like some of the questions, especially the one that, 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 that seemed to irk a lot of the community. Why can't I just relax and enjoy some matches with my friends? We introduced private matches to the Crucible with the launch of Destiny Rise of Iron so that you could do just that. Take matchmaking into your own hands and make the Crucible what you want it to be. We can't make the Crucible what we want it to be. There are limited options. And on top of that, that that seems like a cop-out. Like that's, that's not an answer to the question. That's not even close to an answer to the question. Because what people are saying is simply... Um, so this happens a lot like uh, with um, some of like my close friends like some of my close friends aren't as good at crucible as me some aren't even as close to as good at crucible as me so i go to play crucible with them we all want to have a good time we match make in and then everybody's playing people at my skill level and they don't have a good time because they're just dying over and over but here's the thing apparently it's not even that it's not supposed it's not even based on your skill level but it is and that's the problem so here here's here's my breakdown of this we're gonna go step by step and i'm gonna tell why i think this whole answer by bungie is total bs hold so, on dave before you do that are you the fire team leader in these instances it doesn't matter if i am or I, you don't if think if it matters not. it does not matter okay. okay go on um so here's here's my breakdown they say, first, we identify five pool players with good connection to you. That's cool. I- I'm okay with that, but I'm getting a red bar in every game. So you're telling me that there's only 10 other people playing Destiny who have a good connection to me? Okay. Okay, maybe there is. Or, you know, we're in a diminished community. That's fine. Only 10 people in the world have good connection to me. Okay. Within that pool, we choose players closely matched to your personal skill rating. Okay, if I'm in a team of six, why is it matching with the highest person's skill rating? They didn't explain that. They didn't say anything about that. It happens. We all see it happen a lot. They didn't say that. So, you know, that's fine, too. So out of those 10 people, now uh, now four of them are closely matched to my my skill rating out of good connection. So we're going to choose eight people who don't have good connection that are closely matched to your skill level. And then if we can't find players within the within the pool, we widen the variance in skill. I have never seen people with worse skill get brought in. You know, they always bring in higher skill people. Because those are the people that are apparently having trouble finding people like me because, you know, we, we don't have people with good connections to us. And then if that doesn't work, we expand the search again with more variance and connection quality. That is obviously step one, since we see, see red bars in every game. And then once enough players are selected, we break them out into equally skilled teams. Well, from experience, I could tell you, and I, I hear this from a ton of other people. I don't know how this always happens. If you're a decent player, the rest of your team is going to sit in corners and like pick at their butts. So equally skilled teams means one person outweighs the rest. Like there's something seriously wrong in Bungie's matchmaking. And this answer is the worst answer I've ever seen. So 
I I understand what you're talking about. I I, I mean I I would never. Uh, how do I put this? It, it's the most enviable position to try to explain how your matchmaking works because you're never going to produce an answer that's going to satisfy everybody. And it, it seems like what actually comes out of or what your experience is is completely different than what is actually mentioned. Yeah. And it seems like that's what we're in right now. Now, Jordan, I know that you are a little bit more experienced with this, so you might have a little bit more insight that, uh, than either me or David has. Well, um, as far as the matchmaking is concerned, not necessarily because I'm really on the same level as you guys. Mm. Um, I'm just in there playing um, with the, uh, you know, experiencing the game as a player. Um, the coding and such is a totally different thing. In my opinion, what they did in the update was they were explaining their intention for what they want or for how they wanted matchmaking to work. Uh, they did not explain how it is really working. And I, our experiences, uh, I believe, it seems like based on what David is saying, they're all the same. I'm going into games. Like last night, I was working on one of my characters and playing Supremacy for the weekly um, Crucible bounty. And some games are good. And it's, of course, yep, I had the game where, oh, there's one or two like blatant red bars. Where did they come from? You know, everyone else just seems to be on that level playing field as far as connection. But then, boom, crazy red bar guy. Like, why is he there? And sometimes there's one, sometimes two, but they're, they're outliers. And, you know, that shouldn't really happen if you're trying to even the playing field connection wise. Um, so, is that a coding issue? It probably is. Um, yeah, there's also the instance where you know, I'm like, I feel like I'm the only player on my team playing. I had like a game last night where it was it was relatively decent. I had like a 33, 35 score and we got demolished because the rest of the people on my team, I don't know if they were even playing because I think the highest score behind me was 10. <laughs> it was bad. And it's like, wow, I'm not that good at Crucible. And it's like, how did that happen? How did I get matched with a bunch of people that either weren't playing or they just were that bad? Um, and not to criticize other players, you know, they maybe just, you know, are getting getting their feet wet in the crucible and having fun and weren't as skilled. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definite issues with the matchmaking, probably with the way they have it coded. And um, I, I don't have enough experience with that level of coding uh in the game to really put a educated opinion on it but I, that's my that's my overview is it, it, there's something in the code that needs to be fixed um it's obviously too late to do so so i think they're just trying to keep the community um sort of at bay calm down as best they can the explanation they gave though yeah it didn't really do much to help it really was just an explanation of their intent and that's, you know, that's, it's good if they have good intentions, but it's, it, it, it doesn't make, doesn't really make a difference because we're experiencing what we experience and, you know, they need to be able to fix that. And I don't think they're going to be able to do it until they release Destiny 2. So, so question right. real quick. You said it seems too late to do so. What makes you say that though? Because they've, they've come out and said, Oh yeah, we secretly implemented more skill-based matchmaking. Oh, we changed it back to more connection-based matchmaking. So is there something... Like, I don't have any experience coding. So like, is there something that 
makes you think it's like there's they say they're adjusting it, but they can't. And there's like a bug in the coding or like like what makes you say that? Possibly. I just again, like I'm not super experienced. My experience with coding and games has to do with conversations I've had with people that actually do this. So um, it just logically to me, there's probably something in the code that they built the matchmaking off of that is repeating itself and I'm implementing changes is one thing, but I have a feeling that the, the culprit is really, it's, it's at a low level, meaning it's like you talk about code, yeah, like binary is like your lowest level. It's like the basis for everything. And like their, their problem may be at their lowest level for their code, which means in order to really change it, they would have to redo everything. Yeah, not there's, just there's... implement like high level changes. So they're trying to implement high level changes to mask the issue at the low level. That's what I feel is happening, which is why it's not working. Yeah, kind of kind of jumping in with what he's talking about right there. I forget which episode, but this was about a year ago. This was around Taken King time. Um, I remember on Planet Destiny podcast, this was back when the original group was there, Tefty Tef, uh, Pope Bear, all of them. I remember Pope Bear specifically talking about there being an issue in the actual code. This is actually around the same time because if, if I'm not mistaken, around this time is when the whole fiasco happened where they stealthily changed the code or yeah, the, the matchmaking. SRL was when they stealthily changed it. <laughs> right. So there was uh, there was conversation going on. And I remember that Pope Bear was specifically talking about how there were issues in the actual code that they can only address certain things, which is why it took forever to get um, the update with regards to the Crucible, the way the range works for the most part. And um, so, yeah, around this time last year is when on the Planet Destiny podcast, uh, Pope Bear was specifically talking about uh, there were ma massive changes that needed to happen to the actual code, which is why it took forever for them to implement that update in 2.0 so that range somewhat worked better and auto rifles weren't at a complete nerf like they were after the first auto rifle nerf. And things that way things worked slightly better, um, but that there were still underlying issues that they basically would have to rewrite the entire code. And because they already knew that Destiny One um, was going to be what it was, and at that time they anticipated that everything would be fixed for Destiny Two, and that Destiny Two would be released in 2016. At the time, they were just like, well, let's manage what we got so far and let's just move forward with Destiny 2. Well, Destiny 2 obviously got delayed. So it magnifies the problem now because we're running into situations where there are obvious issues in the code that they have identified. But in order to properly address them, they would have to rewrite everything. And at a certain point, you got, you got a, 
it just doesn't make sense to to pour in resources such as money, manpower, time into a product that is already going to be gone within in, in less than a year. Destiny 1, which is what I'm going to be calling everything from Vanilla Destiny up to Rise of Iron, is on its last legs. It, it, there's, there's very little more that they can do. We're not sure exactly how they're going to implement Destiny 2, whether it's a complete rewrite, whether it's a, an, an, an expansion, or I'm not sure how World of Warcraft did their updates, how they integrated all the previous stuff into the into the the current phase or whatever, that would be a question I would have to actually ask, Jer- not Jarrett, um, but Nick Zenkev, I'm butchering his last name, but the uh, the, the host on uh, WoW Talk, uh, more information about, but if it's something more like that or, or whether they're just taking it and making it a completely different game that you have, if you want to play Destiny 2, you have to pop in Destiny 2. You want to play the old stuff, you got to go into the old stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly what they do with Destiny 2 and how to approach it because there's there's many different things besides just the balance. You also have to look at, you know, how much space are you going to be having on your PlayStation 4? How, uh, how is this going to affect old matches? How is I, I don't envy Bungie in this situation. And it's obvious that they got a plan. Uh, and that they it's obvious that they're going to be taking the next steps of the plan soon. It's just it we're currently stuck right in the middle of the bad and the good. And until we get there with Destiny 2, we're we're going to be stuck in a in an unenviable position because of player. Uh, player-to-player connections and just somewhat bad code, which has been confirmed. Right. And so for a second here, I think I'm going to take us back to a real fundamentals talk about what we're talking about with the connection base for skill-based matchmaking, because that's what the the real debate is about. And we've been kind of talking about, you know, Bungie's answers and the coding and bugs in the code that could be causing this. But the real debate that's been going on in the forums is should there be connection-based or skill-based. And it seems to be that the majority of the community that is vocal. Now, this could not be the the case for the entire community because I'm sure there's a lot of the community that isn't vocal that um, enjoys skill-based matchmaking because usually the people that aren't vocal are the more casual players. And uh, skill-based matchmaking, um, which Bungie has used as a, a proponent argument for it, is skill-based matchmaking helps the people who aren't as good enjoy crucible because they're not getting stopped by great people being put in their game every time which is which makes it it makes sense for that portion of the community but the vocal part of the community the community that seems to be the diehard gamers the ones on the bungee forums talking want connection-based matchmaking because they want to have a good time and this is where kind of bungee's last answer about um private matches is kind of contradictory because people the the feeling in the community is people want crucible to be the casual have a good time hang out with your friends mode and they want private matches to be where they go for sweats and tournament play and truly competitive play and yeah like you, we do do fun things in 
uh, private matches, sword matches, and stuff like that. But people want Crucible to be relaxed time. And my biggest thing with what Bungie has said is Bungie has said connection is number one. Connection is what we look at first. Well, why are we getting so many red bars then? Is the pool of players really that low? Or is there something like we've been talking about wrong with the coding? And when you look at other games matchmaking, so um, Call of Duty has always been a connection-based matchmaking game. And there was a period of time in Black Ops 2, I think, I'm pretty sure, it's been a while, um, in Black Ops 2 where uh, they were like, hey, we're going to throw in skill-based matchmaking. They threw the skill-based matchmaking for a week. The vocal portion of the community was like, no, this is terrible. Get rid of this. And they got rid of it instantly. It was gone. And they've gone back ever since to more connection-based matchmaking. And the thing with Call of Duty's connection-based matchmaking, so I've been playing a lot of COD 4 lately, the remastered edition, because, I, I mean, it was a game that I grew grew up into shooters with that game. And I've put so much time on the game, it's not even funny. And now I'm putting more time on it. First of all, 60 frames per second is amazing and makes Bungie, or not Bungie, makes Destiny feel clanky and terrible for the first half hour anytime I come back to it. So hopefully Destiny 2 is 60 frames per second, but that's a side note. Um, when you play matchmaking in that game, it's connection-based. So what happens is um, some games, and I, I'm more of a free-for-all player, so in COD 4, all I've really played is free-for-all. So in some games, I'm finishing the game 25 and 5, winning the game in like 4 or 5 minutes flat. Okay, that's fine. I stomped the game. Like, whatever. It happens. The next game, because it's connection-based matchmaking, I'll end up going with like a 0.5 KD because I'm pe versing people better than me because that's how it worked out that game. The next game, I'll finish with like a 1.5. Next game, I'll finish like a 2 KD. Maybe I'll win. Maybe I won't. And that creates a fun experience because when, when you have connection-based matchmaking, you're getting a different experience every game. Some games, you get to be the person stomping. Some games, you get stomped. Some games, you play how you normally would play. In that game, I think my KD is like a 1.7 or 1.8 right now, which means that connection-based matchmaking overall against the entire population, that's how I'm coming up. Versus this philosophy that Bungie has, and they've talked about it in the past, Bungie wants to push every player towards a 1.0 KD, that's why they implement skill-based matchmaking. They want you to be playing people on the same level as you. And it just doesn't create as fun of an experience. First of all, it makes it so Crucible is no longer fun. To have fun in Crucible, you, you don't. You just go play Strikes because that's the only time you're going to get a relaxed experience. And it makes it so people don't get to experience all brands of life. The only way to get better at a game is to lose. That's it's the fact if, you, if you're stomping people every single game, which connection based matchmaking could do, you're going to develop bad habits. But at the same time, you will always find those great people being put in your lobby. And that's how you get better. The people who aren't as good at the game and are continually playing people who aren't as good at the game aren't going to be able to get better and populate the higher skilled pools and skill based matchmaking because they're only playing people who are as good as them meaning they're not going to learn the habits of those highly skilled players. They're not going to be able to see the ways that those highly skilled players act and perform and get better off it. So in a way, connection-based matchmaking actually helps people improve their skill more than skill-based matchmaking would. And at the end of the day, the most fun experience is having a great gaming experience. 
And that just doesn't happen as much with skill-based matchmaking because of the red bars. If you have all green bars, whether you're getting stomped or stopping people, at least you can do something about it or say that it wasn't the game that messed up. It was your fault. You need to learn this to get better. You need to practice on this to get better versus, oh, um, I'd love to try and kill that person, but they killed me from the other side of the map and I thought they were looking at me from the left because they're just teleporting around the place. My brain hurts. You're yes. welcome. So I just want to throw one little, one last thing before we move on. I believe that with Destiny 2, which is almost guaranteed at this point to have uh, dedicated servers, that that's when connection-based or skill-based matchmaking can really flourish because now you're not as worried about connection. But um, while it can and- flourish, it should Right. So with regards to skill-based matchmaking, I think what what needs what is more likely to happen is this. There's going to be um like your casual mode and then your ranked playlists. And I know people are like no that'll never happen. I'm at this point I it's almost a foregone conclusion just because of we we all forget that that yes, Bungie is an independent company, but they're also going to be listening very heavily to stuff Activision says, and with their move to stuff such as, um, what is it, um, MLG and and just Activision big push with regards to MLG and 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 multiplayer, like they're going to listen very heavily to things to. Activision and in some cases Blizzard. I mean, you have stuff with Warcraft and Starcraft that that, that is heavily influencing Destiny. You have ideas that are coming to play from Blizzard. You're having all these different things coming in from Activision that I think is going to eventually affect the game and the way things are perceived and and, and approached in the future. And I just think that a lot of our big concerns aren't something that can be ma- that are going to be managed or addressed properly ever with regards to Destiny 1 and we honestly have to wait for Destiny 2. Now, are there going to be people waiting that long? Maybe, maybe not. But at, at this point in time there's very little that can be done to get what we're looking for. So, let's go ahead and move on. Um, David, go ahead and I talk make, about. Can I make one final statement? <laughs> Let's move on. Can I make one Let's final move, statement? Come on, move on. All right, one final statement. I'm gonna do yeah, it. I'm being a rebel. Ten, ten statement. Ten se- statements. Ten seconds. Okay, <laughs> we talked about this really extensively this week for like three hours. That's why I want to throw this in. And in general, the overall consensus of a talk we had a couple of days ago with it, you, me, Jorge, a couple of our friends was. It seems that while Bungie says they're listing a lot, they have a very set focus of what they want this game to be in all aspects, including skill-based versus connection-based matchmaking. And no matter what the majority of the community says, Bungie at the end of the day is going to be what th- going to do what they want to do to shape this game how they want it to be. That's all I want to say. Okay. And anyway, that, David, mash those talk buttons about- <laughs> is your ultimate resource for video game commentary, reaction, and involvement by a variety of opinionated and informed gamers who love gaming of all kinds. Covering a large swath of gaming, 
We cover the latest news and information on the games you care about and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the killer podcasts available today on Mash Those Buttons Network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. Can I just throw in one last thing, please? Just 10 seconds, please. You have please. 10 seconds, Mr. Trump. Oh, my God. I know. All right. Chapter three, streamers. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about the actual streamers themselves. A lot of these people who have actually been very vocal over the past, I want to say, month with regards to the games. And a lot of them have actually moved on to other games. Um, one of the big streamers, Mtashed, he actually put up a video where he basically said he's not going to be making any more, um, uh, not not Destiny videos in particular, but uh, like like tutorials series. and web videos. Exactly. Yeah. He's, I saw he, that. He's, that was awesome. <laughs> he's he's gonna stop doing one hundred and one videos and. He basically spends the entire 25 minutes saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm Canadian, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to do any more sorry videos of the sorry. Okay, he didn't say it like that, but it felt like it went on and I'm like, Tash, you didn't have to do this. Yeah, it's basically like all YouTubers, because it's more YouTubers versus streamers. Streamers have always hopped into different games, but um, YouTubers have these very set followings on their channels, and a lot of the mm-hmm. big destiny youtubers are like hey like guys don't know how to break it to you but there's not much for me to talk about anymore and what they don't understand is a lot of people who follow them follow them in particular because they're entertaining like mtash for example has some really funny videos that he puts up with him doing some fake accents and like they're just funny videos so no matter no matter what they're doing a lot of the community will still watch their videos even if it's different games because at the end of the day, like the community just loves to support each other in the Destiny community, right. which I think is awesome. And mm-hmm. everybody understands that at this point, you know, we're going to be playing different games. So it's not fair to force YouTubers or expect YouTubers to also be playing Destiny when we're all playing other games. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it is a big deal. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't I don't think it is that big a deal. Yeah, I don't think it's it's as big a deal, but it, it's been concerning a lot of people. And this is going to kind of lead into the next topic where a lot of people who. They're starting to see streamers move on to other games and to them, it, it's been what it's been doing is it's been causing a little bit of a snowball effect. The big streamers and whatever the people follow move on to other games that causes people to be like, well, if, and I, and I know it's not always like that, not for everybody, but it seems to be kind of like, well, if he's not going to be playing, I'm not going to be playing that kind of mentality. And a lot of people have been, have been blaming it on that, like saying, oh, Dusty's dying, all the streamers are leaving and, and, and people are leaving because of that, which, I mean, I don't know what to tell you guys. Let's be honest at this point in the game. There's not much to do, and we're waiting for the next big event. And we already know that soon we're going to get SRL, and soon we're going to get a December update or winter update, whatever they want to call it. And at this point, the game is in autopilot. And that's not a bad thing. We, we already knew that this was going to happen. Um, I, I think that Bungie's approach to... To the yearly updates have kind of been a little weak, and 
we all know that I have my opinions on how things should be released, but I'm not Bungie. They have a, a set plan. They have the plan that they're going to go with until they decide to do something else. So we have to live with what we have right now. And at this point, because of the Bungie community, I can honestly say that I've made a lot of great friends. David over here, uh, Jordan over here. These are I, people that I play with all the time, and and I appreciate the game for that. But that being said, I already know that because of people leaving and going into other games and other things, it's caused there to be a less less of a pool for people to do activities, such as the raid. You have you have a group of people who, when we started Rise of Iron, we were grinding our way to the highest possible level because we wanted to be able to do the raid the first week. Which, in my opinion, Destiny kind of should have slowed that down a little bit. Kind of saw what things were going on with regards to leveling up and then push the raid out. And maybe a week or two. But it, it, it seemed like... Nah, yeah, I wouldn't was, have gone that. They got aggressive with the release of the raid. Very aggressive. Yeah, yeah, in, in my opinion, it, they should have done what they did with Vault of Glass. Vault of Glass was perfect because within two weeks, you had plenty of time to get leveled up. And by that first week, you could easily see if there were any problems, ghosts, artifacts, and made smaller <laughs> changes that improved the quick, uh, a quick improvement to the quality of life to help people get to that level and make the, the raid about you know leveling up. Uh, one of the things that people have asked me, Jorge, how would you have approached Rise of Iron? And I would have been like, well, let's say that everything remains the same. I personally would have made all the story missions and all the different activities get you up to the raid level, which in this case, the raid level was 370. That was a recommended light. So make it so that every legend, uh, so that legendary items that you get can get you only up to 370 outside of the raid. And then in the raid, you get from 370 to 385. Like those are certain things that I think would have helped the game out, helped the pacing of the game, lengthened the life of the game, and made it so that the more casual people could have had better teams. Because when you rush things out, you have the hardcore people that just devour everything at the beginning. And then when they get to the max light and whatever they can do, they just kind of stop playing. And then you have people who are you know, more casual taking things at a slower rate, but then they don't have people that can help them out. And that was that it was apparent last year, but it wasn't as dramatic because you still had the old reward system, which was you could be 310, but you're going to get a 301 artifact. It's like, okay, thanks, Bungie. Yeah. Um, so you still have people trying to get that max light or whatever. And while they're getting max light, they're kind of helping push people along because of how quickly you can get rewarded in this game. There are a lot less of those people who could bring people along because they only wanted to get the max light stuff. And now that there's so many sources to get the max light stuff, it's just, so I really feel for those, for the more casual people because the sources that they had to, or the people that originally were there available to help bring them along. And I'm not saying the entire community is bad, but you had more incentive back in the day to help bring people along. 
and now you do, that that kind of because you've already reached the max light pretty quickly there's not as much incentive to do the activity and there are a lot of people who are just like why am i going to do a raid when i can just do a strike open up a chest and be done with it and i'm good for the day right a lot of problems came with um the amount of the, the amount of ways you could level up to 400 and it has basically just made it so people don't have to do the raid they don't have to play trials they just play strikes oh, i'm 400 well that was fun now i can just you know put the game down and it was always nice um when you had to do a lot of different things to get to max light or you had to do very specific hard things to get to max light is more what i meant um with taken king people kind of compare taking kings oh excuse me taking king's lifespan up to rise of irons i think the big difference comes with the leveling system and um at this point we still have the same amount of content released as we do right now for getting to max light other than the fact that there are more avenues to get to max light now so it didn't take as long and there's less rng involved so um when people got to srl it was, people were super excited because it was a great avenue to get max light things that no one had been able to get and mm -hmm. now with SRL, it's just kind of be, well, we had a great time with SRL, so we'll go play SRL. But there's no more, like, grinding incentive to get rewards. And we talked about this during our long conversation. Part of the drive to play Destiny is the drive to get rewarded. And at this point, because there are so many ways to get to max light and so much drops at max light, it honestly doesn't feel like you're being rewarded anymore. I'm sitting here with, like, 17 different 400s for every single type of armor and every single type of weapon that I don't even know what to infuse with because I'm just waiting for tier 12 rolls. And at that point, like it, I, I don't feel like I'm getting rewarded anymore. I'm deleting 400s because there's just so much of it. And yes, at a point when you get to max level, that's how it should be. But it took me like no time at all it took me under a week from the time they raised it to 400 to get to this point so it's they've just kind of hurt their game by making it so easy to level up and i know the reason they did it is because there's a majority of the community that doesn't have the time to spend on the game that some of us have to spend on the game which is awesome but the reason why big um mmo style games succeed is because there is the draw to the one percenters and those one percenters voice how great the game is, which draws in the casual crowd. And that's what they need to do. They need something that continues to draw in the one percenters. And right now, this current iteration of the game doesn't have that overall lifespan component to keep drawing in the one percenters. That's why we're seeing the streamers and YouTubers go do different things. That's why we're seeing... People like me and Jorge and our friends be like, well, we've never played ESO, so let's download ESO so because we got nothing else to do. Yeah, it's just they, yeah. they need to expand the lifespan somehow in the future. Yeah, and I know this is a big topic for Jordan, so Jordan, I'll go ahead and pass the floor to you. Well, you guys actually, your points are very aligned with mine, um, but that was just something I wanted to talk about today was just the lifespan of Rise of Iron, it seems to be shorter. And David, you really did 
hit the nail on the head um, with my major point. It was It's just too fast. Leveling is too fast. It's too easy. There's too many avenues to get to 400. You don't have to do the raid anymore. Um, it's, it's great for the casual, I, I hate to say casual player, because that's sort of what I, what I am, I feel. Um, but the more casual player that doesn't have a whole lot of time, it's great for them because they can level up um, relatively easily. But yeah, the hardcore player that puts a lot of time into the game, the streamers uh, that play it full time or were playing it full time, um, they hit 400 and did everything immediately. Um, and, and let's not forget about the um, the raid, uh, how how easy it is to overlevel. The raid, when you're not doing the challenge modes, is a breeze. It's super easy. Um, I like it because people that haven't done it before, it's great to take them through and you almost can always get them the completion. But it's sort of boring for people that have done it a lot and you know it doesn't have a lifespan because of that. Um, and yeah, it's just it's a shame because you know there's a lot of good content they put out with Rise of Iron. But people are burning out on it and turning away from it quickly because they're leveling up too fast, and it's just it's just, it's just a little too easy. Um, so yeah, those are that that those are my general thoughts on the raid. Um, I haven't really put together any thoughts as far as what they could do to improve that um, in the future and for Destiny Two to make sure it doesn't happen later in Destiny Two's life, but. Um, I'll get there. Um, you know, in respect to the raid, I also, you know, I, I just, maybe this is just like a, a quick topic, but, you know, they, they added the challenge modes and again, seemed to be very aggressive. You know, they brought the raid out. They did that quickly. They brought hard mode out pretty quickly. And then challenge just dropped on us almost out of nowhere um, with Vosik and then Axis. So they only have two challenge modes versus three. So it's a little less content as far as that challenge mode is concerned versus the uh, King's Fall raid, but um, it's it, it, it didn't. My problem with the challenge modes is that it hasn't really done anything to prolong that life. Where with um, King's Fall, Jorge and I were discussing this before we recorded here. Um, the challenge mode there sort of threw another carrot for players to chase in King's Fall because it was a guaranteed max level drop. And of course the leveling system was different at the time in the game, but um, it, it, challenge mode just doesn't have the appeal it did. It's almost like a burden now, not a challenge. It's, um, it's buggy. Burden mode. Yeah, it's burden <laughs> mode. Uh, Vasic is buggy. feels like, you know, I, I, I run the... I run the charges on Vosik mode a lot. Um, and I run into that. I'm almost always the first person in the door and I'm ready to throw that bomb. I literally will stand right in front of that button to put the shield up on the door. And um, 90%, 90, 95% of the time I hit it. But there's that 5% of the time where I swear I hit it, but it's just a little bit off. And it's like Vasek is like leaning forward into the microphone saying wrong. And then boom, we wipe. It's like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> why is it? Why is the hitbox so gosh dang small? Especially um, when it explodes. Yeah. I just threw a charged ball at this thing. It makes this huge explosion with all the splash. And you can see the hit on the wall is touching 
that button, but it doesn't it doesn't always hit. And like that that's just annoying because it's it's it the challenge is fun. It's cool. Like, oh okay, you'll run in, it's, it's you know, close the door with a bomb type. Yeah, it's cool, you know, it's novel. Um, it's fun, but it's so buggy and I don't know, that just annoys me. And then Axis, I I, I did that. I did that the first week and I'm like, nope, <laughs> never again. <laughs> that was horrible. That just constantly bugged out. I, I don't know how many times you, you would finish a round of DPS, hit the hit the pillar, and then you jump down, and then all of a sudden you were getting empowered again. And which, you know, is like what happened to all the different teleportation rounds, you know, you would get empowered immediately. And then all of a sudden, you know, okay, he's teleporting. Okay, let's slam him. And then you'd slam him and the, the, the animation would happen. The visuals would cue off. But then all of a sudden you wipe. <laughs> like what? <laughs> it was, it took, I think the first time I did it, we, I, I ran it with a group that already knew how to supercharge so we were doing it pretty well and it still took us like an hour to complete it because of bugs so, so that it's, is sorry i didn't mean to cut you off you no, no, that's fine go on i was just gonna say that that's funny because um i've only done access challenge mode once and <laughs> literally all my access mode challenge experience was was jorge was like hey about access to challenge need someone hop in okay hopped in we finished on the first run took five minutes never saw any bugs and i left and that's literally all i've done in challenge mode because i don't even care to do it wow that's yeah. that's crazy i yeah i've i've had issues all the time with experience groups so for me like for for access challenge mode it wasn't i didn't have a buggy experience personally like you did and that's unfortunate that you had all those issues um, when I've had issues with the challenge mode, it's just been people not recognizing the challenge and you can, you can tell them as many times as possible, like, this is what you need to do. And it just doesn't happen. It's just like, it, there's, there's old habits and the rewards aren't that great. <laughs> and and, and I, I feel bad saying that because in year two, we would have killed killed for another helmet drop or another primary drop or another ghost drop or whatever in year three it's just like i'm gonna put this in my backpack and i'm gonna see whether or not i want to delete it later on you okay, spoil thanks, bye. yeah yeah i mean yeah. like i have the, the the cool thing was getting the ornament which i'm not going to use the ornament that much. I I, I don't think that the, while the ornament system is cool, I don't think there was enough of a, that's not enough of a carrot. I think that it's, it's unfortunately, it's not enough to, to keep us going to do the challenge. Like there's, there's people in there who, who are just like, I already did the challenge. I already did the, the, the outbreak prime. I don't want to do this stuff anymore. Like I would just want to breeze through this be over and done with it. Let's move on. And it's a shame because in last year and year two, like if the challenge mode was there, we're doing the challenge mode. I don't care what you guys feel. Think about it. We're doing the challenge mode. This year is just like, I already did the challenge mode. I don't need to do it. If you guys want to do it, it's cool. Like that, 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 uh, that sort of approach to it. I don't know that, that, that's not, that's not good. Question. Yeah. Does challenge mode still guarantee max light drops? Up no. to uh, 
Yes. It, yeah. it, it's it's an, it's an additional drop up to if you can get it for example if if you're like for example above 395 i think it can go up to 400 so it doesn't because, that's weird okay cause, well cuz it, it was never yeah it was it well no that's not true in king's fall it was a guarantee yeah in king's fall it was yes. a guaranteed which is funny to me cuz the reason why i ask is because i did i mean i did vasic 3 times and i had access once but in doing all of those, I was already 400. So mm. I didn't, I mean, I got 400 drops. I didn't know if it was a guaranteed challenge. And it's weird to me that they would get rid of that guaranteed max light. Cause then there'd kind of be a carrot for people who are like 385, 386 to be like, Oh, I'll get a 400 drop. Let me do it. And the fact that they got rid of even that is just weird to me. Yeah. The, 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 the additional reward was that exotic engram that you get now from completing challenge mode, which is cool. But I think that a lot of the exotics have become just infusion material. Oh, yeah. There's not too many exotics that I, I think that people would use outside of, for example, Last Word, Black Spindle, which you can't even get from an exotic engram. So... Mida is the only I, exotic I currently use weapon-wise. Weapon Mida multi-tool. Yeah, it's just my PvP go-to when I'm not using but a lot like, of yeah, tradition but, or oh, something. A lot of this stuff is for uh, for crucible, not so much for actual like PVE. Like uh, I, 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 I have Gallahorn, and I'm exact. I'm excited that I have Gallahorn. But after that first mission of using Gallahorn and noticing that Dark Drinker and um, Sleeper Simulant are way more useful in the raid, like I kind of put Gallahorn away. I I rarely use Gallahorn. Yeah, I don't use it at all, actually. I like it's great running around if you're doing patrols and stuff to throw Galahorn on and just, you know, blast enemies away um, so you can get the patrols done, get faction rep quicker. But um, it's, yeah, I actually been using the raid machine gun because it melts enemies really quick and it's just fun to use. Um, yeah, when I'm running patrols and other things, I, I don't use any exotic weapons. The raid, I use Dark Drinker. That's the only exotic I use. Um, I have that on the whole time, usually. Um, yeah, exotics don't... It's not like the exotics are bad. You have a lot of good exotics to use. Like you said, Last Word, um, might have Multi-Tool, still used a lot. Um, Zalo Supercell for when there's Arc Burn on a Nightfall. But I, I don't... The appeal for exotic weapons and even some of the exotic armor, it's not really there. You know, you have Ophidian Aspect for the Warlock is seems to be the go-to for Crucible. Um, and then I use um, Twilight Garrison on my Titan all the time because I love jumping around and, you know, scooting to the side around corners um, to evade. Um, but yeah, this, I don't know. I, I almost find it fun to not use exotics and just try to focus on my my pure skill and not like all the mm -hmm. special stuff i can do with the exotics you know minor multi-tools is a very balanced gun i don't really feel that is you know giving me an advantage over other weapons because i get destroyed as soon as i see a clever dragon it's like i'm gonna lose this gun battle so you know clever dragon should be an exotic i don't, I don't want to talk about clever dragon <laughs> for a long time but oh my god like I, I'll, I'll start a gun battle 
with someone and I will get the jump on them and they'll turn around and be like, clever dragon. And you can, you can like see the smirk under their helmet. You know, you're like, oh my God, here we go. And all of a sudden I'm shooting like up in the sky. It's like, what just happened? You know, I would, I had this guy down. High caliber rounds, bro. (laughs) Yeah. But my blind perdition has it too. And I'm like, I get destroyed. Clever dragon versus blind perdition with the high caliber rounds. I'll start peppering the guy, you know, and it's like, oh, I got him. And he'll turn around and he's like, you see the smirk. You're like, clever dragon. And boom, you're dead. You're like, what just happened? I had that guy down. I had a shield down. He was half health. But nope, he clever dragoned me. How did he, how does that happen? Clever dragon. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, that's what goes through my head now. That. I'm just like, I don't even get mad. You know, you, you, you sit there in the crucible and you're playing like, and because that's how I run around. And um, yeah, it's like, I don't even get mad anymore. You get shot you and be you a get warlock killed by clever. like that. yes i do play on my warlock a lot um but if it's not my warlock is my titan and like i said it's like blind perdition and mida multi-tool are my two crucible primaries and i love using my primary i don't use um specials too often um it's only it's only when i have to because i'm snooty hey Mm. i'm not i'm not trying to say i'm snooty i'm just that that's just how the crucible should be suck my primary when in doubt embrace the meta yeah Um, well, I, I didn't get a god roll clever dragon, so I just used what I got, but it's, it's clever like, dragon. yeah, that's like, I don't even get mad. I'm just like, you know, I die. I'm like, clever dragon. <laughs> like it's, it, it, that's what, the way it is. It, it, you know, the whole clever dragon thing recently got me thinking about the crucible balance and the sandbox issues that we've always had. And people are, people constantly get up in arms about things like this. And which is good because you need to voice your opinion and it, Bungie tends to listen, you know, the matchmaking thing, you know, whatever. But you know, with the balance and stuff, it's like we're, we're never going to get away from metas and things like that. Clever dragons are always going to exist and they always have existed in the game. And it's it just I, I stopped wasting time getting angry at the meta because if we don't have meta, people aren't going to have something to grind for. And we we just had a long conversation or a relatively lengthy conversation about lifespan of the game. And if you don't have meta, then people aren't going to have anything to grind for and they're going to play even less. So it just made me realize the, the clever dragon thing the last couple of weeks, it's just been like, you know what? I'm totally fine with it because it's given people something to grind for. Just like you see, well, maybe not so much recently, but you saw a lot of streamers, uh, they were titling their streams uh, grinding for the Metador. And it's like, you know, because the Matador is such a god shotgun right now. And people wanted it so bad. They were literally just playing Crucible so they could try to get a, a Metador drop. And, yeah, that that, that type of thing. I do believe it's the proper term. <laughs> I call it the, met, the Metador because it's the meta. But uh-huh. Yeah, see what I did there? Uh-huh. Map because it kills you across the map. Mapador. So let, let's go Agreed ahead and focus this conversation back more on the topic that we were going because <laughs> we went into a really we, – we took the left turn at Albuquerque. So let's go ahead and bring that baby back. <laughs> I don't back. think it's going um, back to what we were talking about. We're so that. Back on track. Back so, on track. Yeah, I'm just – because of the lifespan of the rewards and everything, I just think that a lot of people got left behind. And unfortunately, there's not much that can be done outside of – you know, people being, you know, good Samaritans and, and helping out. But 
I know that a lot of people have already moved on, unfortunately. And you have a lot of people who never got a chance to do the raid or who never got a chance to do any of the challenge modes or whatever, just because there's no carrot there. And that's bad design, unfortunately. And I'm not trying to pepper Bungie with negative stuff, but unfortunately, when, when things are done so quickly or when you remove that carrot or some sort of, you know, desire to do anything, that's not good design. And, and you can easily see how things were kind of missed or possibly wasn't well thought out. And it's, it's, it's a product of the game being, you know, made within a year, less than a year. So a lot of good things with this, with this expansion. Um, and we love Bungie for creating a game like this, but we just think that maybe they approach certain things a little too, they didn't think it through. So last thing before we, we go ahead and end this bad boy, um, is that Trials of Osiris is on Rusted Lions and not much beyond that. It's the it's a standard typical Trials of Osiris, no super long range map, no radar, none of that stuff. It, it, it's still your regular basic Trials of Osiris for better or for worse. And let me tell you something about Trials this week, okay? This is what I'm gonna say about Trials. Rusted Lions Later is my us. favorite Trials map. And I've only played one ticket. That's how I feel about Trials this weekend. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> Trials of this is, and I've mentioned this a while ago, it's in, it's a standard thing, and, and it's become, it's not a special, it doesn't feel special anymore, unfortunately. And, and, and maybe that's a product of the game, how it is right now, but I still think that they're, that those changes that they did with the Halloween event, um, the Festival of the Lost was really really cool, and they it added a lot of because when we did, when the Halloween event came came by, David, you and I were doing a whole bunch of tickets that weekend. Oh yeah, no, that, that and, was fun. It was awesome. Yeah, so I, I just think that maybe they need to look at revamping, N not the rewards, neither you know increasing the chances of you going to lighthouse or whatever but they need to look at the event and maybe see think well maybe we need to make some sort of changes or something elimination uh, capture uh, the flag um you know be you know be funny if for one weekend they made it a 6v6 elimination mode for trials of osiris, <laughs> trials of osiris rift oh my god no. Anyway, <laughs> enough with these bad ideas. So, yeah, I, I just think... What, about, what about a charity drive to fund plastic surgery for Zer's face? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, do you guys have any final thoughts? <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> Clever dragon. <laughs> okay anyway we want to thank you all for listening to in orbit this week we are available on a ton of platforms so please make sure you spread the word the best way to do this is to share in orbit with others we are available for you on itunes on soundcloud on overcast for ios google play music stitcher smart radio player.fm pocket cast and we have an rss feed the links are available for each platform right on Mashos Buttons website at www.mashosbuttons.com. 
Make sure to stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming this week on Master's Buttons. Make sure to check out the other shows on Master's Buttons Network at mastersbuttons.com slash shows to see all of our podcasts. And for any questions regarding scheduling, check mastersbuttons.com slash schedule for all scheduling details. Clever Dragon! Make sure to check us out on twitter.com slash MTB site, facebook.com slash buttons, youtube.com slash buttons. David, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at DS underscore Bolt and streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DS Bolt. No spaces and no Jordan. Scores. And Jordan, where can people find you at? Depending on what you drank that night, your dreams or your nightmares. You can also find me on <laughs> oh updown.net. Down, up um, I like to write funny articles with opinions and yeah, that's where you can find me. Hopefully, maybe. <laughs> and as always, you can find me on all the different social network sites and gaming screen names at GoToNRG on all locations. And make sure to contact us with any questions to InOrbitPodcast at gmail.com. <sighs> Clever dragon, damn it. <laughs> Sorry. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls, points and directs, shapes and forms. I may not enjoy what lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue, and what is in my future is my destiny. On behalf of the entire InOrbit team, David, Jarrett, Jordan here, and myself, we thank you for listening to our show, and as always, We'll see you on the next mission. Your destiny calls. <laughs>